Hey everybody and welcome to an informed Wild Ride with Steve-O. We have the new host of Jeopardy this week, Mayim Bialik. And of course she's known for being the star of Blossom, many other things, and she knows a lot. She shares a lot and she spills the tea. Plus, stay tuned because it gets intensely personal too. Now, I think that she's got a lot of good advice as well. Like she says that people are eating way too much salt and way too much sugar these days, and I could not agree with her more. That's why it is so important to me to enjoy my Magic Spoon cereal. This stuff is the solution to wanting to eat like an absolute jerk and just pile your face with sugar and just awesome tasting cereal. But this cereal has zero grams of sugar per serving, only four carbs, grams of carbs per serving, and 13 grams of protein. Come on, dude. This is like health food that tastes just like that guilty pleasure that you enjoyed when you were a child. And Magic Spoon believes in their product so much, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't love it, you get your money back. I love it, man, and I really need to back off the sugar once again. I had a big-time sugar relapse, and I'm leaning on Magic Spoon to help me get my weight under control again. I think you might want to give it a try, too, and I've got a deal for you. You go to magicspoon.com slash Stevo, and that's going to get you $5 off your order. And you can get this trial kit. It comes with your fruity, your frosted, your cocoa, and your peanut butter. I mean, come on. You can't go wrong. The stuff is delicious, and it's actually good for you. So go to magicspoon.com slash Stevo, and for good measure, use the promo code Stevo when you're there to get $5 off your order and find out how absolutely delicious this healthy cereal truly is. Take it from me. You're going to love it. Now, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mayim Bialik. Hello. Yeah, hello. It's so nice to meet you. It's very nice to meet you inside of your tour bus. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And you've met Paul Brisky and oh. Scott Randolph. Yes. Hello. Um, so this, this is great. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. And, and, and you're the official host of Jeopardy now? I, I'm sort of, I'm... I'm the um, I, I'm one of two people finishing out this season of Jeopardy as okay. host, and um, I don't know more yet. If I did, I would talk about it. Right, right, but, right. Um, well, not necessarily. You're professional. I could also be lying to you, yeah. but in this case, I'm telling you that I'm not. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I kind of live from season to season as a sitcom actor, and so Jeopardy has fallen right into my schedule of not really knowing what I do past any particular May. Um, okay. So I will basically be working, you know, I'm on Call Me Cat, which is the um, sitcom that I work on. I'll be and on that. And produce. I'm, I, that's right. I mean, they give you that credit, but basically I'm, you know, an actor who sometimes says like, what if I do this? Um, <laughs> right. But once that ends, I will finish out the season of Jeopardy. Um, but Ken basically does the episodes that are recorded when I'm at Call Me Cat. So right, that's Ken Parson. Ken Jennings. Uh, Ken Jennings yeah. on Jeopardy. He was the guy that like won the uh, most the money ever, right? Yeah, the winningest. he's the winningest. Yeah. How do you get the job being the the host? Because do you 
there's some words that you don't understand and you're reading it in real time. Yeah. Well, so keep in mind, you're watching an edited, an edited show, meaning if I mess up pronunciations all the time, you know, on average five things per episode, we have to, you know, redo. So when it all comes together, like it looks like, oh, she pronounced, I I mess up things all the time. Um, sometimes I mess up totally normal words that are yeah. in the language that I was raised speaking just because it's a lot of words and you're talking for, I mean, hours and hours and hours. So just sometimes your brain gets slower than, you know, the words trying to come out. And so yeah, I was always we impressed with stuff. Alex. Like he'll just read a French word. I'm like, how does he know that? He's French Canadian. Okay. Mm. Well, an Italian word. <laughs> He was good. You know, he was just. I read Italian words, okay? <laughs> I do pretty good. The one thing that is hard for me is French. Like, you know, um, yeah. if something's. Well, I, I'm a Spanish speaker, so like if something's in Spanish or even. I know Italian is not the same thing as Spanish, but it's uh, those I get. But French, there's letters right. that are there for no apparent reason. And I don't know yeah. how I'm supposed to know not to pronounce some, and you do pronounce others. So French is the right. hardest for me. And, you know, I, I think everyone often, knows that. I've, I've often found it difficult to be around French people. <laughs> <laughs> the French Canadians, especially the oh, worst, breed. the worst of the French. Right. Wait, I have a question with Jeopardy. When they say like, "Let's go to the judges," yeah, is that one guy sitting there? Is that it's like a room that, full of people like looking up stuff? It's you know, a, it's is a group. And do, are they giving you a thumbs up? Like, what is I, the? What there's happens a lot there? of thumbs ups that happen because. So I mean, there's a whole art which is I think it's so fascinating, like how a show like Jeopardy is constructed, like the number of pieces and opinions and things that go into every single, like every single clue. So for certain things, they'll already list other acceptable answers for things where a couple answers are acceptable or they'll make a note if like, oh, if they say this, they need to be more specific, right? So I'm like learning those things, but sometimes they'll come up with something and I'm just like, I don't know. And so, yeah, there's a, I have a light that turns green if it's a go and if it turns red, if it's not. Wow. So you it's just right like speak my, to the judges like judges. Well, what do you think? No, and then they, you just look they, for the light. They're, they can. I mean, they're looking at a camera that's very close to my face and I do not have a poker face. Like, you know, I'm like a cartoon character. You, like you see every thought that <laughs> uh-huh, happens. Uh-huh. So they can tell if I'm like, ah, uh, you know, and then I'll I'll get the. But yes, there are judges. That, we sometimes shut down for close to an hour over one. Whoa. You know, one decision. Wow. So you don't see that. You just see that like. Right. Oh, they rule on this. But any episode where we correct someone's score, like the judges have ruled that mahogany is also an acceptable tree that begins with an M or whatever it right. is. That usually means we've shut down for like an hour. Wow. But wow. as it played on the show, it was just like judges. Yes. Good. Correct. Or and like, I'll we say like that after really... review, we're uh-huh. adding, you know, two th- that happened wow. in, um, we just had the, the college, you know, championship. And that happened where it was like, it was like literally mahogany, some tree. And, uh, mm. Yeah, and it it can change the course of the game. And, you know, I mean, I saw the movie Quiz Show. I know how intense. Uh There's a lawyer on set all day, a lawyer from Standards and Practices. It's there to imagine going to law school and you get placed sitting on Jeopardy. They just sit and make sure that everything's kosher and, you know. A guy oh. I went to high school with ended up on standards and practices <laughs> at Dancing with the Stars, oh and he was in charge of making sure that I had uh, covered up the tattoos on my knuckles, which said shit and fuck. <laughs> wow. That's that guy's job. Yeah, was that his only job? <laughs> no, or no, Does he no, also no, make sure I mean, it's not like too in, sexual? In general, right, in general. The, but, but that fell under the umbrella. There are no know? such tattoos on your I, knuckles. I, I since had them lasered I, off. I figured. They, I mean, they, uh, they he, he told you that? Yes. He did, yeah. That's great. And he was a great guy too. They did a great job, by the way. Hey, well, thank you. You can still see the eye right yeah. there. Shit went in a little bit deeper. 
You don't miss those tattoos? I loved them. You know, it's crazy that uh, I wanted to say how my mom and I used to bond over Jeopardy, and she was so good at it. Mm. I mean, she, like, I, it was just an exercise in me losing every time. <laughs> but, uh, but, but we loved it. And also, um, my mom, the, the last time she laughed was when I showed her mm. shit, shit fuck on my knuckles. She said, my son is a shit fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I lost my mom in mm. uh, 2003. Mm. Um, but yeah, she, just, she, she was great and she loved Jeopardy. It's, it's really, really cool. What an institution. Oh, I mean, it's, yes, it's its own legacy. Mm -hmm. You said that Jeopardy falls into kind of what your norm was with sitcoms, which was living season to season. But having said that, you did pretty well with shows that made it from season to season. To season. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, thank you. You know, I, I definitely, yeah, in that sense, this kind of job or potential job is different, you know, than being an actor. Like there's right. so many more things at stake for a company when they, you know, try and decide like who's the face of this brand, you know, also like, being female, <laughs> right. you know, it's like, it's very different. You've never had that. So that's, you know, different. Um, you know, I didn't grow up seeing anybody that looked like me on television, much less in the streets of the city that I lived mm. in. So it's also like, it's kind of cool to be like a quirky person who has always been super different. Um, and to get to kind of be, you know, on a very mainstream, right. You know, thing like it's, it's kind of cool and scary, but mostly cool. <laughs> it, it's super cool. Yeah. Um, with, uh, <clears throat> with um, like, television kind of feeling like it's going the way of the dodo, is, uh, mm -hmm. is, is there a, a streaming platform that, that is sort of propping up the... For Jeopardy, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think that's probably, you know beyond my scope of right. you know business understanding and things but and maybe yes. maybe I'm completely wrong no maybe, I think you know. I think that's sort of you know when I was you know originally hired you know to work as part of the Jeopardy family um I was doing the I was basically brought on to host like the primetime stuff and in theory if other things go on and into streaming places um but you know, due to all the things that happen, um, you know, I ended up moving more into the syndicated role, but um, people really like to watch Jeopardy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like, it's a very... I watch it on YouTube while I drive. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> all right, so there's <laughs> that. Probably, probably should um, be focusing on the road. <laughs> people do, people watch it. They watch it, like, live. Like, a lot of people yeah. right, right. want to watch that. So, um you know, it's it's one of those kind of American television institutions, yeah. you know. Yeah. It almost falls like in the sports category a little bit where you want to like watch it live the, yeah. and like exactly right. it's yeah. like outside of the realms. And I think because it's on every blessed night, you know, it's kind of like it's not the kind of thing you catch up on, on the weekends. Like you're kinda either right. in it or you're not. Right. And then if there's like a long you know, a long running champ, like, you know, like we had Amy, you know, then right. that that'll happen that people you know, like you wanna see what happens. I mean, here's the thing, like Every game feels exciting to me because I'm getting to watch in real time, like three people super excited and competitive and like holding information that like, I have no idea how they right. know all the things. Yeah. It's insane. I so mean, impressive these it's people. another level. It's not even like you could be like, Oh, if I, 
you know, start learning. No, these are people, their brains are, they're special. Yeah. They're I'm wired not, to hold that. I'm not smart enough to remember to say what is after before <laughs> you ever said this. <laughs> you know? Imagine yeah. having to remind people of that right. and like tell them it's wrong in double jeopardy. If they don't say it, it's actually considered a wrong answer. Wow. Right, right. You got to make it in the form of a question. It's very stressful though. Oh, my, my mom had never watched Jeopardy, which we found out because when my first episode aired, literally posted a series of texts where she was like, you look amazing, whatever moms say when you're on Jeopardy. Mm -hmm. Why is everything in the form of a question? <laughs> that's literally wow. what she asked me. I was like, because that's the show. <laughs> no, 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 but what? this was a text. No, but why is it? I'm like, no, the show is about, you phrase it as a question. She didn't know. Am I right that they always had Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune go back to back? Yeah, it's actually, this, we share a crew. 7 and 7.30. Yeah, oh, we, wow. share we share a crew. crew. They're right across the street, so my... My like Sony credentials on one side says Jeopardy on their side says Wheel of Fortune, which is just kind of cool. Wow. Yeah, so you can yeah. just sneak onto the Wheel of Fortune set. No, because of COVID, oh. once COVID is quote over, right. I'm going to be everywhere. Right. I'm going to be on the wheel spinning yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> and Vanna White is still doing the letters? She's still, and she's, she, they both look like the, they've been. Pat Sajak. They look like right. they haven't aged. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you get close enough. They look yeah. like they've aged, but they look unbelievable. I don't know what happens on that stage, but I should hang out there more. I, I heard about Pat Sajak. He was uh, Good Morning Vietnam. That's who it was. When Robin Williams played his yeah. character, he was like a disc jockey for the Vietnam oh. War. It was Is based off of Pat Sajak? I, I could be completely fucking lying I about that. that but I like, love this story. But I think that's... <laughs> I can, if we can confirm that, I think that's what. Uh, I mean, you want me to look it up on my phone? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. I'll look it up. I guess. What a weird fact to not be a hundred percent certain about. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Yeah, Scott will throw something out if you right. challenge it for one second. He's like, I could be making that. Up. It's like that's right. really bold. Okay, I just did it, so we can find that out. But uh, I'm gonna so, look it up. Yeah, dude, Paul is going to the good old fashioned internet to get some accurate information, which I am a big fan of. I like accurate information so much, I wear the most sophisticated fitness tracking device known to man. It's called Whoop. And I'm telling you, it's good. Plus, they've got the new Whoop Band 4.0, which actually now keeps track of my blood oxygen, my skin temperature. I mean, this thing is incredible. I get all the information that I could ever want about what's going on with my body, from how well I'm sleeping, how much time I'm spending in each different stage of sleep, to how many calories I'm burning, precisely which activities I'm doing to burn calories. I'm sleeping better, I'm getting better rest, I know how hard to push myself on any given day because my Whoop app is telling me. This Whoop app membership is the best thing that has happened to my fitness in years and I want you to try it, especially because the new Whoop 4.0 is so awesome. It's got the waterproof charger, slides right on top, so I never have to take it off. It's always bringing in data to let me know how to maximize, optimize my fitness. So now I can get you 15% off your membership. And if you're a new member, you get the Whoop 4.0 band absolutely for free with the membership. I mean, all you gotta do is go to whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P dot 
com and use the promo code Stevo at checkout for 15% off of your membership. And again, new members, they get the Whoop 4.0 band absolutely for free, and that does come with the waterproof charger. So take charge of your health. Get in the game, man. Rest better. Work better. Play harder. Do it all better. And it's at whoop.com with the promo code Stevo. Now, let's see what we learned. So, so going back to to your acting, when like the uh, you, your first gig was nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Um, so that would mean maybe would have made you like nine or something. No, no, no. I started. Let's see. I started acting when I was eleven. Oh. In 1986, and I was cast in a horror film, uh, Pumpkinhead. Hmm. It was a Stan Winston movie. It's terrifying. Like I couldn't even see it. I was that terrifying. I didn't like horror movies. Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Yeah, it's a real that classic was... from the vaults. I mean, yeah. I, I think I have like three lines. I was like Wallace Kid number five. Um, Is yeah. that one of those cult classics that people go? Yeah, to like in in the yeah in in those arenas. Like I have a friend who's super in. He's like, oh yeah, you were in Pumpkinhead. I know that. Like Funny. okay. And then I was cast in Beaches about a year after I started acting, okay. and I played the young Bette Midler. And then after that, I did Blossom from 14 to 19. And when then I left the industry. I you know, went to college and grad school. I had kids. And then I came back, um, did Big Bang Theory for nine years, and then I've been on Call Me Cat. How does uh, leaving the industry, like that's... Uh... You know, I mean, you think of child stars mm -hmm. and, and so often it's like a, a really tragic story about right. how like, you know, all of a sudden the entertainment industry was finished with them and right. then everything went sideways. And, uh, and so you finished Blossom and you were like, okay, I'm good now. I'm going to go to college and become a neuroscientist. Um, I mean, like the, the, the short answer is, yeah, kind of, you know, I, I come from an immigrant family, like my grandparents are immigrants. And so like, I was taught you go to college, like. That's what you do. Right. Um, you know, especially as a woman, like if you don't have to be cleaning the floors of the house that you moved into because you married this dude and you're his property, go to college. Like, right. you know, if you have a different life, take it. So um, I was two years out of high school and Blossom ended. And um, yeah, I was definitely, um, you know, not really like a Holly. Like I was never really comfortable in Hollywood. Right. It Like I wasn't really interested in like the fame part of it. That was really intimidating. And um, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to like, be judged for you know the work that I did with my brain and not just sort of what right. money I could make for whoever. Um, I had uh, had a, an amazing uh, tutor for biology when I was on the set of Blossom and I fell in love with science. I was not a natural science student. It was very, very hard. And you know, it was difficult all the way through grad school. Like I wasn't that kind of brain that was like, I got mm -hmm. this. Like it was very, very hard the whole way through. Um, I did five years undergrad. I did a minor in Hebrew and Jewish studies and then um, I met the person that I ended up, you know, dating for five years. We got married. We had two kids. I had my first in grad school, um, and I went straight to a, a doctorate program in neuroscience. Um, and I had my second son, and then we were running out of health insurance because this is America. <coughs> and um, I figured if I can just get like enough acting work, just literally to get some insurance. Like I was teaching neuroscience. I was tutoring piano. I was tutoring Hebrew. Like I had a baby strapped to my chest and was like I was mm. out. You know, like I didn't wow. know what size clothes I wore, just like whatever I put my hair was like I had like long hippie chick hair. I was living, you know, my best life. I didn't have to wear a bra if I didn't want to. Like, it was great. <laughs> um, and I had never seen the Big Bang Theory. Like it was one of the first auditions I went on when I kind of like tried to start auditioning again. Um, 
And, you know, it was a guest spot. I was in the season finale of season three of Big Bang. And then, you know, nine years later, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, I, and in that time I got divorced, you know, uh, my, my dad died. Like I, my kids got older, you know, it's like a whole other life, you know? Right. Um, so like not what I was planning and also amazing. Right. Um, with, uh, the, you said a doctorate in neuroscience. Mm -hmm. Is that different from medical school? Yeah. So um, I didn't have the grades to go to medical school. That's the God's honest truth. <laughs> There's a class called organic mm. chemistry. And that is the class that decides if you go to med school or mm. not. And I could not. I mean, I think a B minus was like the highest grade I was able to get in, you know, the full year and a half of organic chemistry I had to do. Um, I ended up going to graduate school. That's a doctorate. Um, so what that means is you, there's like a core curriculum of graduate work in neuroscience, which is neuroanatomy and, and, you know, biochemistry and molecular neuroscience and all those things. And then you do rotations, you work in a laboratory and then you choose a field of study and a doctorate is, um, original research, meaning research that has not been done before, um, that you do, um, over a period of time of your graduate work. And that's why it takes, um, about six or seven years for my department, um, and I had, let's say I did two years of coursework, then you take qualifying exams. Um, I had to do remediation on two because I, I just, there's a certain way of thinking and communicating that doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not a natural scientist. Um, wow. So it was definitely a slog. And then I had my first son after I finished my coursework. It was in data collection. I studied obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a real hmm. hoot. Um, I have that really bad. Do you? I won't ask for your blood or your spit. <laughs> <laughs> There's different kinds. His is more like he has to respond to emails. Oh, which really that's the works compulsiveness. Well. So yeah. Or but I, I like I'll, I'll say something and I'm like, I, did I really say that? And oh then I'll yeah. Just second guess like something yeah, somebody told me. That's a that definitely. I'm not I'm not formally diagnosing, but yes, that will occur on that spectrum. That. That roadcaster that's recording all of our sound would probably get checked three hundred times in the course of a <laughs> podcast to make sure it's still on. All right, so we're moving into moderate OCD. <laughs> you want to give me another one? <laughs> yeah, every, one up. When, I, when I was younger, you know, when you're driving in the car and then there's the line and then the bumps yep. in the street, I'd have to like point my finger in between every one. So what, yeah, okay, so you're I mean, my people. Yeah, so hours. what um, What? What happens if you don't? Uh, nothing. What does it feel like? Well, I, I've gotten over to the point where we're like, uh, you know, I can I can work it out and I won't no, do but it. Like, do you feel like, oh, the earth might end? Like, it, it, well, well, now I guess if I don't respond to an email, it's just like it looks so bad. And terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but you about, hey, did Pat Sajak ever get back to you on that question? Or <laughs> uh, Pat Sajak was a DJ in Vietnam, but he is not the one that that movie is based For on. There was a sake. show called Dawn Busters with a DJ named Kroner and he would start every show saying good morning I Vietnam. I like your story better. Okay. Yeah. yeah so we'll cut that out. Wait, also one more OCD question. Do you have a number? No, my my no. What's my lucky number mean? 6. I'm not like a number OCD person. Okay. But we have to like turn the knob four times or no, things like, like that. No, like people well so I, you know, I lived my whole life just being the person I was and it wasn't until I had a psychiatrist who asked me some very specific questions that I realized, oh my god. Not everyone does this. That was, he was assessing me. This was, I was in college and he was like, do you have a number? And I was like, of course I do. <laughs> He's like, tell me more. And I was like, well, so I, I didn't know that not everybody has. I was like, yeah, I, I count breaths. I count steps. It's like, and he's like, oh, okay. I have to touch things. Yeah. yeah. Three, three is mine. I like nine. Cause it's three, three, three. Um, but I thought everybody has a number and counts their breaths and steps. And he's like, <laughs> uh -uh, just very special people like you. 
So. Wow. wow. And so that went in, that's why you became a, a neuroscientist. So it's, it's, it's funny. N no. And also that's the field of study I ended up with because I'm a vegan neuroscientist. And that means the research, the cho choices for research, if you don't want to work on animals are quite small. Um, wow. So yeah. one of the, one of the choices of human labs, you know, that you can work in, in my department, if you don't want to work with animals, um, was a lab studying uh, the field of mental retardation and like Prader-Willi syndrome was the syndrome that I worked with and they have very high rates of OCD. So that's, I studied it in this particular population. Wow, so is that so different? Interested. Is that different than what you did when, cause Steve had I, drugs I, tested on him as a human. Yeah, yeah. I uh, signed up for a medical study mm. for F FDA approval. Oh. And uh, I mean, anything that's ever going to come in contact with the human body, they have to test it. For sure. And uh, if you're testing a toothpaste, you might get like 10 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But What'd I you had, test? I had uh, drugs for pigs and cows tested on me, so I got two grand. Wow. Yeah. What were the drugs supposed to do? Uh, it was supposed to increase the muscle mass and decrease the fat of cattle to, uh, the 80s. to appeal work? to a more health conscious consumer. <laughs> There's you know, so much ironic about what you just said. <laughs> right. Right. Did it work? Uh, it, they you... knew it was going to increase our heart rate. And the target of the study was to uh, give us the drug until somebody's resting heart rate was over 150 beats No, per that doesn't feel... Okay. Yeah, it was dangerous. And that's why uh, they paid so well. <laughs> the more danger, the more money. That's what I always say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it yeah. fit right in. I wanted to be the gnarly, crazy guy. Yes, so that's... this was like right in the narrative that I was trying to spin. What was your heart rate? Do you remember? Mine never went over 90, I don't think. <laughs> I, like, uh, Mine does one like, you awake before or... I go up on stage. He, he, dude, he, I make him oh. open for my shows, and, and he, his watch tells him his heart well, rate is don't like... Don't do that to him. It's like 169, <laughs> 170. Do do Isn't no. it good for you? It's like exercising. No, it's not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I thought it's like How bad is it Get your heart rate up. You know, we need to call HR. You have yeah. to call HR. My cortisol yeah. levels are through what, the are roof. Are you kidding me? Right. I mean, but do you normally have like a blood pressure issue? Well, lately, because I gained some weight. <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. <laughs> okay, until he loses that weight, do not put am him I in that situation. Weight because my cortisol levels are so high. I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons. I don't know. It's. I think it's got a lot. Are to your do cortisol with levels elevated? Uh, doesn't do that when you're like heart rate. Oh, well, stress. Cortisol is a, It's a. It's a stress marker. I mean, I have so many questions for you. Do you go to therapy? I used to. I probably should. I How's that my, going for you? <laughs> <laughs> I bite my nails quite a bit. Same. I'm a chronic nail biter. Yeah. Wow. Good boy. Uh, Struggles when, real. When you were when you were taking the organic chemistry, organic or, chemistry, organic yeah. chemistry. What was I your, cried a lot. Was that what, Whole Foods? Was your hope to get very good grades and become a doctor? At yeah, that I point? wanted to. I actually wanted to go into psychiatry. This was in an era before everyone hated psychiatry. Um, I, I was interested in um, really more the therapeutic side of uh -huh. psychiatry. Um, yeah, if I were to do anything, I wasn't really interested in the institution of the medical field just uh -huh. because it was the beginning of, you know, what we've kind of seen it become. It's like they, they're they more business people, you know, they have to get like MBAs, at, you know, just right. to be a medical doctor now. And just insurance is such a mess. And I think it's such a disgrace that, you know, a country so as wealthy as ours can't do it. But I wanted to work with people with psychiatric conditions. And so that was actually my interest. Um, and so, you know, that kind of pivot is like one of those moments where you're like, oh, my mom was wrong. I can't do anything I want if I set my mind to it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, I also couldn't learn to be a concert pianist at, right. you know, 19 if I wanted to. It's just, that's not how it works, you know? Right. Um, 
I mean, I'm like, a, I'm an okay pianist, but you can't just be like, I'm going to make my brain do it. Like my mom said, I can. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you wanted to be a doctor, but in hindsight, you're glad that you're not. Yeah. I mean, you can still call me doctor, but you know, oh, cool. I mean, you don't have to, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I do, I hold a doctorate. It's, you know, right. a doctor of philosophy in neuroscience is the, the right. title of you're a doctorate. MD. So I'm not an MD. No. Right. Like if you say, is there a doctor on the, you know, on the plane or whatever, like, no. Let me tell you, it does not take a doctor to tell you that you're going to be healthier if you drink more water, right? And especially if you're drinking a lot of soda, then cut it out with that crap and switch to liquid death sparkling water. You're going to be a much healthier person and you're actually going to be a lot happier too. But let me get serious for a second here because I just learned that 75% of all aluminum ever created in the history of the world is still in circulation, being recycled, being useful, and only 9% of plastic ever gets recycled. And it's just creating this big plastic monster that's filling up the ocean, killing wildlife, and destroying the world. You want to know why this company's called Liquid Death? Because it's time to bring death to plastic because plastic is killing the world. And Liquid Death is saving the world at the same time as they're making you much healthier and happier. I love this company. I'm behind it all the way. And they are the most generous one of my sponsors ever because they're giving you free shipping for your entire order of water and merch. And boxes of water are pretty heavy, but they love you so much you don't even have to pay for that shipping. Why lug water around from the store when it can show up at your house with free shipping? Man, I love this company. And to get this deal, all you got to do is go to liquiddeath.com slash Stevo. Once again, that's liquiddeath.com slash Stevo. If you love me, if you love this podcast, and if you love yourself and or the world, you're going to go to liquiddeath.com slash Stevo right now and jump on this offer. There you go. Now, let's hear about the doctors. <laughs> no, yeah, you're staying silent. I mean, like, I'll hold your hand and rub your back. Right. <laughs> so you're like a Sam Harris. Are you familiar with Sam Harris? I was Harris? in class with Sam Harris. Oh, really? We, oh, wow. we, we went to neuroscience, to like, to neuroscience grad school together. We were colleagues. Wow. wow do you guys great. still stay in touch? Yeah, I actually had him on my podcast. He was one of our first guests we had. Um, cool. You know, the, there's, you know, we were a class of, like, 18 or something, and, and several of us, you know, didn't stay, as it were, you know, in traditional neuroscience research positions. Um, but yeah, Sam worked in brain mapping, which is actually where I did my undergraduate training. So, um, yeah. Super cool. Sam, wow. Sam got really into meditation. The, do you meditate at all with be, being a neuroscientist? Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a person who, um, you know, I, I've, you know, I, I grew up with mental health challenges in a time when nobody talked about it. It was just like, you know, your parents told you when you were hungry, when you were happy, when you were cold, like, right. you know, it was yeah. a very different time. Um, and then I, you know, got into therapy and sort of started, you know, being medicated in various ways, you know, by the establishment. I mean, from the time I was a teenager, because we could just like, couldn't figure out, you know, what, like what yeah. was wrong as it were. Um, so, you know, my story is like a lot of people's, it's been a constant journey, you know, like there's been times when I have not been on medication. Um, I, I am on medication now. I have a lot of mixed feelings about that. Me too. Um, 
I'm yeah. on medication. Yeah, I thought you meant you have mixed feelings about me being on <laughs> <laughs> um, um, No, but but the other things I do is I do go to therapy. I go I go twice a week. Um, uh, I I do participate in um, in twelve step programs. Alcohol is not my allergy, but other things um, are, and I. Um, have decided to sort of break my anonymity and I do talk about that, um, about the kind of support and really the, the changes in your behavior that uh-huh. do help your brain rewire in addition to medication, all the other things. And uh, lo and behold, meditation is one of those things yeah. that takes care of a lot of the somatic stuff. Like, you know, I started having heartburn, which like anyone living in our society during, you know, I think the last... 10 years, you know, probably has had some freak out or reaction to anything coming out of Washington, D.C. in any direction. Mm -hmm. And I started getting heartburn um, and uh, was instructed to up my meditation or like try and take it more seriously. What kind of meditation? It went away. So I am not a transcendental meditation person. I I do not really, you know, I, I respect that form of meditation, but the interaction I've had is like, you know, you pay a lot of money for like a mantra and I haven't felt the need to do that. Um, I use a free app that should pay me. I don't, you know, (laughs) happy for them too. I use insight timer and what it is, is it's a free app. I don't pay for anything on there. I mean, I make donations to, you know, and I just, there's like a search bar and you put in whatever you're feeling or experiencing, even if it's like back pain and it just pulls them up and it's like, Oh, I want a 10 minute one. I want And that's what I do. I try and do a meditation at lunch at work, you know, when I'm filming, um, like no matter what, even if it's like a five minute one or whatever, I do that. And then I, I try and do one at night also. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that the, the, the science ab- absolutely backs up with thousands of years of Eastern philosophy. And it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, here's the research. It's like, you don't need the research. Like this is like, it's right. completely legit that it right. completely changes the oxygen. Like it, it's not magic. I mean, there's a mystical element to sure. a transcendental experience, you know, and I've had experiences when not, you know, on drugs that are um, outside of the realms, you know, I would say of quant- like quantifiable human experience. Like I've experienced things that I cannot explain wow. in meditative states. Uh, but again, I, I don't necessarily think that there's like, you know, magic to it. Like well, it is open to everyone to learn to breathe, you know, right. and that's really what, you know, scientifically. Yeah, like, you want the research what is going on you know like when you meditate and your back hurts but you can fix yeah. that with meditation yeah is that because your back hurts just because you're stressed or be, you know so, like i mean that's that's like it's this is one of my favorite things to talk about it, cool. i'll try and give it you know like the most kind of concise like my understanding as i've been instructed so um Many, many people have what is now kind of collectively called in the field, they're they're calling it mind-body syndrome. And what it means is it's not in your head. You know, the word psychosomatic makes people feel like, oh, you think I'm lying, right? It's but a synonym for if pussy. You, exactly, right. It's like toughen up, right? No, but if, you, if you've ever known someone who has a nervous stomach and like before a date, they like lose the contents that like have to go to the bathroom and lose the yeah. contents. Right. That's exactly what mind-body syndrome is. However, for some people, it lodges not in their stomach, but in their back. Or it will lodge, you know, in the form of migraines. Or, you know, like there was a time in my life when they were certain I had irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. I was just extremely stressed in a way that my body completely needed to indicate. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, after I moved through that period of my, I've never had it since, right? But if I had taken the classic Western approach, like you have IBS, medicine, this, like make your life crazy. You can't eat anything anymore. Your life is miserable. I would have gone down a whole other, you know, track. 
so what I've done is kind of pursue scientifically legitimate therapy that is it's called somatic therapy, where they work with your overall anxiety. It's often from trauma or stress. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to lower your baseline so that you do not essentially feel things in your body as intensely. You know, people are like, oh, I'm an empath. Like that's that that is real. It's real that sure. some people feel things more deeply mm-hmm. and manifest them in their body. And I'm not saying you can cure the cancer with your brain, you know, but what we do know is that the more we support this kind of health, the better our immune system functions and the better we function in general. The, the shorter answer is that there's a, there's an, there is an autonomic nervous system that is in your body that you are programmed with that teaches you to calm down. And it's something that's in mammals. Like it's not, it's not like a special human thing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of breath work and that kind of increase of oxygen and, you know, like most of us don't even breathe all the way through, right? right. We just like right. we breathe with our shoulders, right? Everyone just started breathing. Deeply. Right. But yeah. what, what <laughs> it what it does is it tells the it tells that part of your nervous system to dial everything down. Like that's it great. lowers your blood pressure. Like it does all those things. And that's true. It's not, you know, and there's mm-hmm. people who are like, oh, your brain waves this. I'm happy to have people do brain studies up the wazoo. But mm-hmm. like, that's kind of all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Everyone's moving too fast. We're all processing too much information. No one has attention for anything. And nothing's right. been recording this whole time. I think this camera just died, though. I'll, I'll, um, I got that. The, uh, the breathing different ways can help me fall asleep too totally yeah i mean no one feels good when you're breathing as if you're scared and i remember that's actually specifically what was happening i'm not trying to be political but for me when certain things were happening in in our last presidential experience i was waking up feeling terrified like literally not even a cognitive fear i was feeling like like something was threatening me. Right. It's like, oh, it's because I'm reading the news like right before bed, you know, and right. it's, it, that, it activates, you know, and some people might watch horror films, read the news, like, and be like totally fine. I'm not that person. So instead of me like trying to fit my life to be like all those other people who are fine, I'm just going to like stop watching the news and being on social media and hating myself all day. Right. And lo and behold, my heartburn went away. Wow. Yeah. They, they said, Babies breathe with their stomachs because they're not stressed. Right. The humans breathe with their chest. Well, yeah, because, like, the world is terrifying, you know? Um, <laughs> I haven't taken a breath since you asked that question. Jeez. Yeah. I'm, I'm so interested in so much of this, but with the with vegan... You're you like, know, but let's get back to Jeopardy. No, no, <laughs> no not at all. Not at all. Um, with uh, vegan... And science uh-huh. sort of being your 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 focus. Mm-hmm. Does it drive you crazy <laughs> to no end the way the animal rights community twists science? Oh. And you know, like I, I, you know, like you see these these <laughs> these various. You can. I'm a I'm a safe vegan. Like right. you can tell me all the things that bother you. Yeah, I mean. The, you, you don't want the, to see the sad cow eyes. They're very no, no, sad. no. I, I don't mind that. I, I don't mind. I wish. I wish that they would just do that. Uh, what What bothers me is when you've got these vegan documentaries, which oh, are yeah. saying, "Oh, sugar doesn't cause diabetes. Right. It's animal products." You know, right. and it's like, wait a second. You know, for all the people who are becoming vegan because right. of this misinformation mm-hmm. coming out of these these you know vegan documentaries, yeah. and then all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, these people realize, oh, wait a second, 
that wasn't true. Well, right. So, I mean, there's uh, there are a lot of uh, vegan documentaries and also not necessarily vegan ones, but just ones about like, you know, food ink and, you know, things right, like right, that right, about right, right, kind right. of like factory farming, which For I think sure. everyone should just know about. It's like, oh, like, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think, it, you know, it kind of like it takes all kinds, right? You never know what's going to impact someone or you right. know, make them make a change. For me, like, I don't feel like I have a personal agenda you know, around right. making other people vegan, um, you know, but I know that for a lot of people that a lot of vegans do. Um, and yeah, I think that the general guidelines, I feel like that everyone should be going by is we're all eating too much processed food. Yes. No matter what, we're all eating too much salt and too much sugar. Yes. And um, we're, we're not eating enough things the way the good Lord made them, yes. right? The way the earth produces them. So sure. that's true for everyone. And, and my thing is also like, I don't believe that everyone needs to be vegan. That's not my right. goal. Um, what I do think is that, you know, we, we should hold our, our government much more responsible for the way they help us eat. And in right. particular, you know, um, you know, the notion that the cheapest food is what is often most kind of subsidized and which also does tend to give people a lot of diseases that otherwise might be preventable, right. you know, like, it, that is a shame, you know, but mm -hmm. I know why people eat fast food. It's because, well, A, it's delicious, right? Um, and it is convenient and it's inexpensive. Right. So as long as we keep incentivizing, you know, that kind of, th and as long as that is subsidized in large parts by a government that's like, we promise it's good for you, we're going to continue to have a, a tremendous health crisis. For so, sure. So I do believe that even small things like this notion of meatless Mondays, even the notion that you don't need to eat meat three times a day. Like I promise, right. you know, <laughs> the, and, and I think, and I'm not like, I'm really not a conspiracy person, but when you look at, you know, kind of the, the general marketing of, of meat and dairy in particular, it's like, we've, it's true. We've all been told this is how it is. Like your teeth are going to fall out if you don't drink milk three times a day is what I was right. raised with. Right. Yeah. Like my bones are going to break and I'll be laying in the right. street right. like a boneless, you know, right. and that's actually not true is the easiest is one of the easiest ways to get calcium to drink a big glass of the milk of another animal. Yes. Nobody's like, let me strain the beans to get the calcium. Mm -hmm. I have to eat beans mm -hmm. 72 times a day. Nobody wants that. Right. But to me, like, I don't like to be lied to. Right. That, that's <laughs> by, my point. Especially by a government. I just don't like that. Right. So to me, like, you can be honest. You can be like, there's a lot of ways to get calcium. And here's the one that we're going to subsidize because it's right. good for the farmers. Right. Um, you know, and I have family that lives and works on a dairy. Like I have family in Israel that lives on a kibbutz and there's a dairy there. So like I've, you know, spent time there. I've worked in the dairy. I've helped cows give birth. Like I've done all the things, you well, know, right. um, pretty much everyone who works there is vegan, you know, that's kind of, and, right. and right. I believe too, that that with factory farming, the, the most horrific of, of all of it for me is, is the dairy. Well, I mean, the, the treatment of the workers themselves should also bother us. Right. Mm. I, because any, you know, like Karl Marx was, he was right about a couple things. And when you want to make the most product for the least amount of money and the most profit for the people at the top, everyone below that will suffer. Right. The things that are making the product, which is in this case, the animals, but also the workers that are, right. that are doing that work. And there was a wonderful expose, I think it was in Harper's years ago, about the injuries and things that happen to people who routinely work in these kind of factories. Like mm. the turnover is like so rapid because like their bodies, like they're it's, it's not right. humane. 
you know, right. it's not humane to work in a factory like that. Like it's 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 right. not humane well, for the animals or the people. What's happening? People are getting like hit with. Oh yeah, no. It's like if your job if or? your job is like repeatedly to hack with a you know I don't remember the thing you know like literally it's like wrist injuries, mm, hands like all these like mm, elbows term. and shit. Like yeah. the, they right. just can't work. You can work there for like a year or something, and then like your body just gives out. Right. Because it's right. the re it's this like repetitive motion right. and like you know, the unions like in the whole situation with that. And it's like, oh, you can't get this break. It's it's nuts. Yeah, it's totally nuts. I, wow. I went Not to mention to, like forced birth control for women, because like we can't have women get pregnant. It's inconvenient mm. for factory work, you know. Wow. Like, oh, that still goes on. So to be yeah, an employee, sorry. you have to be on birth control kind of a thing. There, there. I, I'm not speaking to specific factories, but right. absolutely. Like, I don't mean to be such a downer. On. I thought we were no, going to have fun. But yes, that is still I'm something. And No, and to me, like <laughs> yeah. if, if you want to talk about like, women's yeah, issues yeah. this is one Absolutely. of them there are women you know in this country and beyond yeah who who work in places where they are not permitted to yeah have you know free will with their body yeah wow i never heard of that that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. i believe that that goes on For sure. with, with the tying together the you know animal rights with mm -hmm. the the human yeah. Uh, you know, human rights. I went to Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Clown College. I I literally need to talk to you about that <laughs> so much. Good. I, I'll be happy to <laughs> so much. I, I I'll be happy to do that. We can do Super that on into your that. podcast. My and, company is called Sad Clown Productions. Oh, I love like it. I've got like a clown thing. <laughs> I yeah. love it. And um, you know, that was when my sort of journey with animal rights began, mm. because there was one day at clown college that i remember they had um the like the pr department of yeah. the ringling brothers and barnum and billy circus come visit us and and they said you know some of you are gonna you know become uh employed by the the greatest show on earth and, right. and part of and, and your job is going to be to promote the circus oh. in advance of uh of, of it arriving in certain cities so that means you're going to be doing interviews and during these interviews there are going to be questions that, yeah. that you get asked from time to time about animals and animal rights and yeah. the condition of the animals and they said in that situation you have no answer Correct. you shut up well and they just <laughs> i mean it's been a huge revolution for right. ringling but like oh, and, and, it's and, been a huge i think two or three years i guess that right. you know um and you know to me like i grew up i the the first house we lived in was above the hollywood bowl like i'm a very like la uh, you know i literally grew up behind the hollywood bowl and ringling brothers would set up in the parking lot across from where we lived and at mm -hmm. night we would hear the animals and like that was it was a tremendous thrill especially for a kid growing up we didn't have any money like the circus was actually one of the things that we could like do you know i remember right. i had like my first I remember having like my first candy bar. It was mm -hmm. like, I remember sitting in the stands, you know, across from the Hollywood bowl at the, you know, under the big top, like, so as I became a vegan, obviously it became much more complicated. And then like, Oh, Cirque du Soleil came to town. It's like, Oh, right. for $8,000, you can enjoy a circus with no animals. But <laughs> yeah. like that very quickly became cost prohibitive. Yeah. So the fact that like, we've had such a, you know, a revolution right. and that, um, you know, they've kind of come back. It's very exciting because there is so much, I believe to enjoy and right. there will be people who are like, what about the good old days? And it's like, well, right. it's like, I think Tiger King kind of like did it for But my experience when those people said, you know, you have no opinion about animals, you're a clown, you mm. fall down, you know, it is, you're not like, it is not, you're not allowed to voice an opinion about animals and, and hearing that my, 
my my gut feeling was wow they like the, I feel like we're being told that they they're doing really wrong things with animals and that was oh. back in 1997 and and it, I ended up working You can't have the people having opinions you know right. they they might rise up <laughs> yeah right. especially the clowns I never yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never worked for the Ringling Circus, but I did work for another circus that had three animals and a tiger. And my personal experience was just that it was awful. You know, I felt that, like, from, from my yeah. perspective, that the owners of the circus I worked in were more afraid of the elephants than anybody else. Yeah. And they were very, <laughs> you know... Like, they are enormous creatures. Right. Also, the largest vegan on the planet right. is an oh. elephant. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, but those are those are creatures that are you know they're they're not made you know to right, to, 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 to be, do those well, they're, things. They're made to walk. I want to say eighty miles or a hundred yeah. miles per day. Yeah, they're not made to be chained I mean, to a post and, correct. and and transported around on a train. I mean, look, this is a this is a consciousness that we have now. Like, remember right. that like there was a like my mother was told to smoke during pregnancy. <laughs> Like, can we, can we all just remember? Like, it was like, it's good, good for, point. yeah, it is good for digestion. Virginia it's a diuretic. Slims. It's a diuretic. Like that's, you know, coffee and cigarettes after mm -hmm. a meal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes you poop because it's a diuretic. Like, yeah. so th this, great. <laughs> this consciousness though, it's, it's new. And the fact is when I became a vegetarian, you know, when I left my parents home at, you know, 19, like people thought I was insane. Right. They're like, this is the stupidest thing. And like. You know, I'm not saying like I was right, but like I also like was like, why do we keep using plastic bags every time we go to the grocery? And I had this like stupid canvas bag. That's <laughs> great. like you're nuts. And now it's like, oh, they're gonna charge you if you yeah. want to use a plastic bag. Right. I love that. I was yeah, that's right a good point. Like back in the day, it was they just didn't really know. Yeah, I'm gonna be late. Know. Okay, sorry, I have All another right. interview. Oh. I have to go we're, home for. We're, me. Gonna, we're, we're gonna have to continue the conversation on. I'm your having podcast. a great time. Me yeah, too. This is me really too. fascinating. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and, um, my podcast is all like mental health and wellness stuff. Great. But like, I cannot wait to talk to you. I love it. What? I mean, uh, how, how many episodes <laughs> have you done? Done about eighty, I guess. Okay, cool. Um, and you know, it was like something that uh, my partner Jonathan Cohen and I started during COVID because our mental health was suffering, and we were like, ours is suffering, and we have resources and therapists. You know, like what about all the people who are like? what is this terrible feeling in my stomach every day when I wake up? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you've never felt anxiety. Welcome. Yeah. So we started talking to people about, um, you know, what, what they do, what works, what doesn't. I don't, I mean, you can tell I'm on a journey, so. So, so you've done, you said roughly 80 episodes. Yeah. And, and are you like disciplined? Like every week it goes up at a certain time? Yeah, apparently like consistency That's is like a big important. thing. We used to come out <laughs> twice a week, but then like when the Jeopardy thing happened, I was like, I can't, I don't know how to keep up. Yeah, And we also film it. Do. I have a YouTube channel um, and we hit a million subscribers, which is a very big deal. Oh, so congrats. we, so we, we videotape it, which means like, you know, I need to like sit up straight and like put on lipstick and, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we film it and do a whole audio thing. We're like a four camera operation. We like to say we are the nicest looking podcast. Yeah. That's funny because we've done like 96 of them. And uh, coincidentally, the last two that we're going to do would be you and Joey Lawrence. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Is when are you speaking so to Joey? We just had we Joey. We just had him. Yeah. We, he was the last one that we, yeah. that we did. What a, what a I agree drop. with the face you're making. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Was it just difficult to be around him on Blossom? Oh, we teased him so... mercilessly. Right, but 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 that's that's what they call latency, right? <laughs> Where like you're attracted to somebody, so you're mean to them. 
No, I, he wasn't my type. Oh, yeah? So <laughs> he was all of our types in the last I mean, We I were gotta, sweating in there. I got to imagine it was just physically uncomfortable to be around him. No, he was I so was attractive. Like a, no, I was like a grungy feminist who like didn't shave my legs. And he so was the, like, oh, you're gross. Like, the face you made getting all excited at it. You just love Joey Lawrence. Oh, no, I just I just love that he exists. Yeah. Like all yeah. of us. He's you know, like amazing. we were on this show and it was like so iconic. And like yeah. he's like larger than life. He's like, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's incredible. Like my... my uh, sense of him is that there's certain people who have uh in their career done like very family friendly squeaky yes. clean work yeah and not necessarily been that way yeah. but he is that way oh like, no he's very yeah yeah <laughs> i mean he was raised in the industry like really you know i yeah. watched him on give me a break when i was a kid so, so well adjusted so, such a you know just a solid good guy that's really is my funny. impression that's of so him. cool and I, I feel the same way about you Thank i think you. uh Oh, sorry. You know, like it, for, for all of the, the horror stories of child stars, it's, uh, it's we had a really clean set. Also, that's the right. thing. We grew up on a set where we didn't see drugs. We didn't see alcohol. Right. Um, and we're very, I think, both very grateful that we were we I mean, that that does make a big difference. You know, we grew up on a very clean set. I think there are plenty of clean sets that turned out very very dysfunctional well, child yeah, but stars, also like but, we all went to junior high and high school some right. people have a hard time with drugs alcohol and mental illness and right. some people come from homes of abuse and so right. you know that so that happens you know i knew kids who od'd who weren't in the industry you know right right so, right, right, right. Of on that note thanks for having me it's been great <laughs> good night vietnam yeah, I, I love it <laughs> I, I i loved it and um Anytime you want me to do your podcast, that that I'm available. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm we'll eager. just yeah. Heather's um, she's in charge of all things booking yeah, and great. Yeah, we just we just booked um Seth Rogen, which is really wow. Exciting. Yeah, we had Matthew McConaughey, which he had no idea who wow. I was. That awesome. was hysterical. Heavy I was like, hitters. It's like you have no idea who I am. He's like, no, ma'am, I don't. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who had sex with who to get you to come on my podcast when you have no idea who I am, but welcome Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> wow. It was awesome. Great. And we had so a great cool. time with him. We had a great time with him. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, cool. I feel like I want to like uh, drop a couple names of our biggest guests. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, you go we happen to have had Mark Cuban. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And, Mike Tyson. and he knew who we Mike were. Yeah. Wow. We oh, had yeah. Mike Tyson. Yeah. We had Post Malone. Okay, these are these are good names. Yeah, but but Matthew McConaughey and we Seth Rogen. That's epic. Matthew McConaughey and Seth Maybe yeah. Seth Rogen will even know who I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> epic. Well, hey, thank you thank so you much. So thank much. you. Thank for you. Continuing the conversation. Great to meet you, ma'am. There you have it, man. Was she awesome or what, dude? I mean, I think she was surprised at how much she enjoyed us, and we were surprised at how much we enjoyed her, and. I hope all of you guys are surprised by how much you enjoyed sticking around to the very end of this podcast, like the street team. And it's been a long time since I said street team, but when I see you guys at my shows and you tell me street team, man, I just want to give you a hug and tell you I love you because I really, really do love you. Thank you for sticking around and have a blessed day.